Introducing From the Glove Box, an automotive podcast with Mike and Tony Tavage, the father-son team and owners of Team T Automotive in Northern Indiana. Today we'll talk about the best places to drive, buying or leasing, and starting your car. Hey, this is Mike and Tony Tadich, uh, independent uh, automotive shop owners in northern Indiana, coming to you with another episode uh, from the glove box, is uh, what our uh, things are, are called. So, hey, go check online, too. I think we've uh, just started up. Uh, you can get some from the glove box cool coffee mugs, T-shirts, hats, and stuff. But uh, we come at you with these episodes and, and really give you an automotive service center's uh, perspective on how to, you know, service your car well, but also fun automotive facts and stuff. Americans love love cars. We have a love affinity with cars we have for a long, long time and stuff. Uh, but uh, again, we've been doing this for, uh, in our family, for 38 years. We're involved in uh, national organizations of a lot of shop owners. So uh, we always promote, uh, you know, or remind our clients or our listeners, all 10 of you, to go to that local shop uh that you can trust. And I hope you all have a good uh, local shop. You can go get things serviced, but, uh, how you doing today, Tony? Pretty good. Pretty good. Right down the middle with Tony. Great. Just good. Good. <laughs> so how's the kiddos all doing? So Tony's, uh, Tony's been blessed with a 10 year old, three year old and twin nine month olds at the, at the recording of here. How, how's the kiddos doing? They're doing good. Twins are starting to uh, push and shove each other and walk around things. And yeah. So yeah, all the fun's beginning. So getting interesting. Makes our household, uh, when they come over, uh, visit makes it pretty, pretty exciting that, and, uh, got a daughter with a, a three month old, uh, little boy too. So we'll have a lot, a lot of little rugrats running around yep. doing some fun stuff. So, uh, but anyhow, yeah, we just come to you and, uh, we talk to you, you know, an honest, uh, terms and uh about you know servicing your automobile and just fun stuff about that so we were talking about subjects today uh tony and we talked about best or favorite places to drive or cruise and this could be we live in the midwest this could be east coast west coast this could be outside of the country um mountains whatever so any uh favorite places to cruise or take a drive that uh even if you've been there or you'd want to go there um i've always wanted to cruise uh, route 66 route 66 hey maybe our ed- engineer <clears throat> we should have some music in here sometime like get your kicks on route 66 what's well, that that's a song about route 66 how old is it it's probably older than you two combined okay <laughs> got a got a brody young engineer and Tony the only songs did. i've heard about route 66 are in a small movie called cars yeah no there's uh there was a there was a song. probably it dates it goes back a few. Uh, but there glad, is a, glad it dates you there's, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a couple other songs that go along with highways too so i talk about those but anyhow if you would think so route 66 is uh that was before we had interstates uh for you guys that don't know that that was los angeles to to chicago it was the only way to travel that and uh, i know when my family moved back to the midwest in the mid 60s i'm sure we were on route 66 i was a little boy then yep. i'm sure when before we had interstates uh that was uh 
that was probably the way to travel. And it was a lot of uh, um, neat, um, fun places along Route 66. So it is a it is a cool cruise thing, different uh, different spots to stop in. So, um, what else? What other cool places? A one A. A1A. So where's A1A at? Miami. <laughs> well, it goes all the way down the East Coast and stuff, <laughs> but uh, when it gets to Florida, there's a little uh, barrier island peninsula that it, there's 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 Highway One. Yeah. All of our highways start at the East Coast and go yep. numerically the other way. Uh, so yeah, you can go on that. That yeah, that is pretty scenic. I've been on my Harley on that one in Florida. Uh, from probably Daytona on down to Vero Beach area and stuff so is a pr- pretty cool one for sure. Um, but uh, Hail of the Dragon, Hail of the Dragon. I don't know how many curves the Hail of the Dragon uh, has. A east, South, Eastern Tennessee and stuff, but Hail of the Dragon is a twisty turn turn road that a lot of people like to go fast down and crash stuff and everything. Oh, McKinley Avenue. <laughs> there used to be, you know, some of you, even <laughs> some of you people used to go to these cities or towns and you would go cruising. You would go to this. So in our area in the, in Mishawaka, Indiana, there was a McKinley Avenue until all it, the, it was a four lane road and you couldn't use the uh, interior two lanes because they shut them down after nine o'clock at night. So you couldn't cruise it anymore. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of those. Well, because some people were misbehaving. No, uh, we took that to Mexico. Yeah. But there's a lot of songs about, you know, there's a uh, Winslow, Arizona, you know, Eagle song standing on a the corner. Only in thing that Arizona. I, the only thing that I can think of is can't drive 55. Well, they got Sammy Hager can't drive 55. Yeah. That's a good one. Those, those are good, good ones for sure. But I think of places, um, route 66. I was on that in, uh, in Arizona went through a little town called Oatman. Really cool. Got, got, got donkeys that walk around on the street. We were on that. So that we is, definitely fit in with that. Yeah, you would for sure. <laughs> Good one. Walked right into that one. I think the Pacific Coast Highway going from San Francisco down to San Diego or, you know, even down to Baja, you can take that whole uh, West Coast trip would be a really cool car or a real cool drive in a, you know, in a hot rod. And, you know, we talked about Corvettes and some other favorite cars. I ain't driving a Corvette on any of these. (laughs) Well, I know, but. uh, Not driving a Ford either. No. Here we go again. Sorry. (laughs) It takes a Harley on there. I drive one Ford on any of these. I drive a GT40. Pretty fun for sure. So, but you have those those highways, and you got a lot of mountainous, cool places. You've got uh, trying to think of other other. What's the one that goes around Michigan that you rode Harley wise? Well, you can loop the lake, so you can go up through Michigan um, on the uh, east side, go up through the Upper Peninsula, and then come down through wisconsin and come come down there and there's quite a few different roads you take but that that's a that's a real cool drive and uh upper peninsula of michigan is a really really pretty area especially during the about one month a year that it's warm enough to go out and do that and stuff so but i think of another one tony another song that was popular in the chicago area lakeshore drive 
There's a song about it. Nobody, f- nobody wants to drive on Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> you come into the city and you see the you see the big towering buildings and you see- When I go to Chicago, I ride the damn train. Well, you shouldn't ride the train. You should go. I, I stay downtown and stuff. And, you know, that yeah, city's- I can get dropped off at the, the big chrome bean right downtown <laughs> if I get off the train right there. So. No, but Lakeshore Drive is, uh, there's, again, go, go Google Lakeshore Drive song. Really cool song about driving into the city. And I'm pretty sure there's a different meaning to the song. <laughs> Well, it is the letters are LSD, but that's uh, <laughs> that's not the that's not the tone of this whole thing. But that's a now that's a really cool. That's one. the tone of that song. <laughs> hey, there's very few cities that you can go into that have skyscrapers on one side of the street and have a you know have a, like Oak Street Beach uh, right in that. And it's uh, your mom and I were down there last couple couple summers and stuff. And you go to the water air and water show and get to see all the cool things there. But that's a cool stretch of highway for sure there. So. Um, I trying to think of other, other really cool, uh, highways, uh, not, uh, not, not 65 down to Tennessee. I was like going to say <laughs> all the roads I spend time on are the roads nobody wants to be on <laughs> toll road, 65, 31, uh, uh, gosh, can't think of us six, three thirty one. No, so. but I think in, you know, like in our area, even a good country drive and, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, areas of Amish in our area and you can go see, you know, pretty homes and nicely kept areas and stuff. It's there's not a, fun to drive on. Cause I got a Dodge horse there, crap. There are, there are people that enjoy doing that. And but, horses. <laughs> well, yeah. True. But, uh, Miami's but, a Miami trails, a fun road yeah, there's, between you know, Bremen and South Bend. Just think of some of those roads and stuff. But again, as our, uh, you know, love for uh, automobiles and driving and stuff, Americans like to drive cars. We like to get out on a twisty, road we like to put on some good music not music that plays in tony's car but good music people really like and stuff what's wrong with my 90s and 2000s gangster yeah exactly why we have battles when we when we ride together but uh anyhow think of that favorite highway think of that time you you know took your uh girlfriend or your bride or your significant other of whatever and cruised down a road and just enjoyed a good summer day and and uh Enjoyed all that type of thing, but that's our little bit from uh, from Mike and Tony on from the glove box on uh, favorite highways. Hey guys, uh, love the show, and I was just wondering in today's crazy market with everything going on, is it better to buy or lease? Hey, Mike and Tony Tadich back from the glove box, or are we from the glove box? Or are we in the glove box? Or are we we're in the glove. In glove box, yeah. Let's be in the glove box. Uh, you can go on our site and get if yourself glove little. Fits, you must acquit. Don't go there. <laughs> glove box. We uh, got some merchandise on our site, so go check that out. And get yourself... No gloves. You can't buy gloves on our website. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> we should, Brody. We should have gloves from the glove box. You know, like a. You know, you think of the term. Um, we'll, we'll we'll pivot off a little bit. I haven't done that on on some episodes for a while. Well, maybe I have. Um, it a glove box is that for a reason when it was made it was supposed to, supposed to put your gloves put in your it. gloves in there you know and not yeah. all your other crap yeah all your pretty if so if you're all your your girl was all dressed up and had a nice fancy dress they wore fancy gloves and they put them in the glove box well you, i think a glove box actually originated because you used to wear driving gloves probably yeah i had those little uh maybe your fingers cut out and your knuckles showing yeah. those type of goofy looking gloves so 
with got those for on my, the top of it. I got those for my Harley, but I don't you, have them. Don't lie. You wear glove, driving gloves driving your Tundra. I don't. <laughs> I got the work gloves in there, but no. I'm too busy texting and stuff. I can't text with gloves That's on, why you so. cut the fingers out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, boy, we were right way off subject. Anyhow, our car, our, our caller, caller, well, we're talking about cars, but yeah. caller is asked, have an opinion on buying or leasing. So if you're in a new car market, is it better to buy or is it better to lease? Pre-pandemic or post-pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are times like right now, you probably can't do either one because yeah. there's no cars around. So, but those are, uh, those are definitely battles. But uh, again, that is a, you know, a million dollar question. If you want to go buy a car, lease a car and see, I mean, lease a car is almost like renting a car. You're buying it for a certain period of time, whether it be three years or four years or two years, but that's what you're going to do. But, um, why do you have an opinion on one or the other? I, I believe, I, I totally believe it depends on your financial situation and your driving situation. So if you're somebody that's driving 20, 30,000 miles a year, leasing does not make any sense because most leases to get an optimal lease is 12 to 15,000 miles a year. You're going to overpay or prepay that mileage, um, to get 20,000 or 30,000 miles a year on a lease. Um, you're not going to pay as many penalties because hopefully you lease it for the right amount of miles, but that all factors into your lease, uh, uh, side of things. So if you're a, a heavy driver, say buying is better for you. If you're in a situation, um, that you're needing to, to have a lesser payment in most cases, leasing is going to be a lesser of a payment than a buyout. Um, depending on the car and the term and, and a bunch of other things. So I am uh, not a fan if you're a multi-car house of leasing every single car that you own. I think you should own outright a car or two or be purchasing a car um, and maybe only lease one vehicle. I think it's not, I just don't think it's a good decision to lease every car that you have in your in your. Well, and I want you to think about that. In most cases, leasing is cheaper than purchasing it. And that, that has a lot of varying factors, too many to get to cheaper on this episode. on the monthly payment. Yeah. It is not cheaper overall on the life of the vehicle or the life of the lease or multiple leases back to back to back to back. So most people don't know how to play the lease game right. And... It, Brody will get after us if we go way over eight minutes and, and in our eight minute thing, I can't teach you the lease game. So. Well, and that, that's a really good point, but it is, um, you know, the playing that back and forth, but the single, if you want to, if you, if money's an object or you like to, you know, use your money wisely, buying a car and keeping it for two or three or 400,000 miles is the cheapest overall cost. If you add factor everything in, uh, trading a car all the time is normally not the cheapest way, but I think leases came out for a couple reasons. They gave a lower entry point. So I'm buying a car, you know, on a, uh, EMP easy monthly payment. Um, and I think honestly, um, there's a reason the three year 36,000 mile lease is probably the most popular reason. And it is not to serve the customer as much as it is to get a used car back to be able to then sell on the used car lot as a certified pre-owned or to then garner more trade-in business 
because when they take the lease back and they go put it on the lot, they know that's a good car. They know it's got 36,000 miles on it or close to that. And they know that most likely the person that's going to buy that vehicle is going to trade them in one car or two cars. And then they're going to be able to take that car that's got 50, 60,000 miles on it, put it back on the lot, make more money off that car. So by leasing that first car, they've been able to spend the profit on three to four to five other cars after that until it gets down to where somebody trades in a 125,000, 150,000 mile car that they then just take to auction. Yeah. So if, if the way Tony said it is really accurate. So if you come in to buy a car one time today and you keep it 10 years, I don't see it for 10 years. I don't yep. get another sale. If you come in and lease a car from me today at a dealership, um, you're coming back in 36 months getting another car. So I've sold another car, plus you're giving me your car. And then I'm going to sell that to somebody else that's maybe got a six-year-old car. And yep. then somebody else is going to come buy that six-year-old car with a nine-year-old car. Now I've now I've uh, I've got three, four, five sales in a row off of one off, sale. Off of one sale. That's the whole the whole side of that. So again, we're going to make some dealerships mad. Yeah, we we could, but uh, you know, <laughs> um, we always tell you this: we're independent automotive shop owners. We're we're not in the business to sell you a new car. If you like the way a new car looks, drives, smells, then go buy one. But if you want to make your car last a long time, shops like our TMT Automotives in Northern Indiana and many of our other friends um, can help you make make that car last, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand miles and stuff. So I think you really got to factor in a lot of different things. I think there's one factor that comes in that, you know, Tony said we don't have enough in this uh, segment, which is accurate, is there's there's lease factors, there's costs. Lease so a more popular car that they know they can resell easier. Um, residual value of what the car is going to be worth in three years is kind of a guessing game. But if it's a you know right now SUVs are extremely popular and uh, they want those back on a used car lot. So there's a lot of different factors that come into that. Um, I think do your research. There's, there's tons of factors with lease. There's one-time lease options. You know a lot of a lot of hiring cars. You may go. You may go lease a Mercedes or an Audi or a Lexus and you pay the lease and one payment up front and you drive the car for three years and then you trade it back in. That's, you know, quite honestly, everybody wants to uh, have the superstar life and the and the celebrity life and stuff. Most of those Lamborghinis and Ferraris and, and Land Rovers and everything else, they're a one-time lease and the car gets turned back in and it gets sold again. So, yeah, that's kind of the rarity stuff. But I think in a... For most of the things, Tony, leasing allows somebody to get into a new car at a lesser uh, value per month. It does allow you not to have car repairs. Um, those most of them are fuel efficient, so you have all those goings on, and you you know you get to look cool in your neighborhood because you're driving a new car every three years. Uh, but I think do your research. Um, you know, check with your local shops and. You know, find out which which cars uh, aren't in their shops a lot, and try to help you out with those things. But that's a little bit about uh, good good call from the caller on leasing or buying. That's a big uh, uh, big factor. So that's Mike and Tony Tadich from the Glove Box. Driving the discussion today is brought to you by Auburn Gear. With Auburn Gear, you enjoy the top-of-the-line American-made diffs. 
Our extensive lineup includes specialty models for your specific needs, from everyday driving to performance racing, hauling loads on the highway, or conquering the toughest terrains. Auburn Gear has satisfied power enthusiasts for over 50 years. Visit AuburnGear.com for more. Hey, Mike and Tony Tadich back with you. Driving discussion, driving the discussion, uh, sponsored by our friends at Auburn Gear. Um, again, they make a great product. So if you're looking for that specially, you know, differential for your Jeep or pickup truck or hot rod or whatever, check out Auburn Gear site. Uh, they make great products. Uh, use them in, in our service centers when somebody wants uh, something custom and wants to take out maybe that piece that's not as nice in their car and put in a really cool uh, American-made Auburn gear product. Made in the USA. Made in the USA. Auburn gear. Indiana. Red, white, and blue. Indiana company. So, hey, uh, our driving to discussion is, uh, you know, starters, alternators, uh, that push-button starter in a lot of cars now to start your car and stuff. But, I mean, there's you know, this creature comfort inside your car that, you know, is, you know, used to be a key and ignition. And, um, you know, we have this engine in the front of your car in most cases that needs to be started, you know, turns the over engine over and stuff like that. And then once it starts, we got to be able to power the headlights and all the creature comforts that we have and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, and then again, have we pivoted away from that? We don't have a key. We, have these little key fobs in our pocket and we have a uh, push button starts in a lot of cars also, but let's talk a little bit about the, uh, as we call it in our business, the starting and charging system. It is not components. There's a lot of other pieces other than that batteries, part of that. Uh, but, uh, what do you, what do you want to share with our audience today about, uh, starting and charging, uh, systems in cars? Well, fun factoid time. Fun factoid. Right here, we'll have to use that one. We'll have to coin that one. Factoid. Right. <laughs> Brody just had a massive eye roll. <laughs> um, on your push button start, a lot of people don't realize this with your key fob and stuff. You do have a key that's buried in there in some way, shape, or form. So there's going to be a button on the side to release the key. Usually it's attached to the key ring. That does allow you to most of the time get in the driver's side door if your car were to ever have a dead battery and you could not get in the car. A lot of people don't realize, uh, also, if you don't see a keyhole on the driver's side door handle. What'd you call me? A keyhole. Okay. So if you don't see a keyhole on the driver's side door handle, in most cases, that keyhole is actually underneath the door handle on the bottom facing the ground. So you can bend over and you can look underneath there. Maybe use a flashlight if you need to. But normally you can stick that small key in there to be able to unlock the driver's side door and let yourself in. The second factoid of a push-button start car that has a key fob is if the battery in the key fob is dead, you can still start the car. You have to take the key fob and you have to actually push the push-button start with the key fob. And making contact with the key fob to the push-button start will allow your car to start. Most people don't realize that on their key fob cars. They don't realize that there's a key in the key fob. They don't realize that they can unlock the car even if the battery was dead. They don't realize all of that type of stuff. So I wanted to throw those couple things out there because those are, those are things that you could be panicked with if you didn't know that about your key fob. Yeah, so those, uh, those key fobs in modern cars basically have a watch battery in them and they do go bad. You can, uh, 
you know, go to most any uh, CVS or Walgreens and buy the battery and replace it and stuff like that. But there is ways around with the little key that comes out of it or holding the fob right up against it that allows you to get past that because believe it or not, they do eventually wear out. Um, and believe it or not, when you buy the car, they will not tell you that. <laughs> Very true. Part of that maintenance. And, and it is something, uh, um, just like the modern battery, they don't normally give you a lot of warning when they go out. No. So, but if we get to the starting and charging system of a car, I mean, um, these engines, you know, have changed quite a bit. Okay. Let's take a car that shuts off at the stoplight for a minute and then restarts. We personally think that that's going to be hard on starters because it's restarting the car all the time. Um, so it's start, starting a car much more. So normally if you have a you know 30 minute commute to work, you start the car in the morning, drive it to work, shut it off and you start it up at the end of the day and drive it home, shut it off. But these cars that start and stop it at stoplights to save fuel and save you know, emissions and stuff also going to have a byproduct of probably one starter quick. Probably going to be harder on the engine and everything else too. Yeah, I think, I think oiling wise. Yeah. So it does take uh, this electric motor uh, that basically starts, you know, turns over the engine, allows the car to start. So factors with that, um, we won't get too much into the tune up or how your car runs, but a, a well-tuned up car, a well-running car is easier to start, especially in climate weather, winter weather and whatnot. Um, easier on a starting system. And then we get into the alternator side of it. Alternator is basically the power supply. It's the power company for your house that sends electricity to your house. So you can go turn the lights on and click on the microwave and do all those types of things. And Tony, that alternator really, really changed over the years. I kind of like, like the transformer. Yeah. That's, on the pole. That's a good point. Yeah, up on the pole or, you know, the power thing. But that thing has changed drastically where... You know, it used to be just a really small unit that you could buy an alternator for probably 50 bucks. You know, now, gosh, alternators can be $500,000 just for the part, yep. let alone what it takes to install them and stuff. Uh, Most of them are buried to where you can't even see them. You used to be able to always be able to see an alternator right on top of the engine. Now most of them are buried. We did a, we had to do an alternator in, gosh, I think it was a Infinity a little while back. And literally, you started at the front bumper. So took the front bumper off, you took the radiator out, you took the AC condenser out, you took all that apart. So that means you had to evacuate the air conditioning system, had to remove all the coolant, had to take all that stuff out just to get to the alternator that was mounted middle of the front of the engine. Now, well, and, and we'll pivot to the starter on like a Toyota Tundra. You got to take the top half of the engine off yep. to get to the starter. Because it's um, underneath intake. Because of where they put that. And so, you can thank Cadillac for that. Yeah, that's... uh. Now they're one of the first ones that did that, but there are, um, I can tell you in, in the shop business of, you know, that we're in and repairing cars. Um, I know engineers design a lot of great products and there's a lot of really smart, good engineers, but there are times that mechanics and shops really curse them for how they've located components. So public you, safety announcement. If you're a, a original equipment manufacturer engineer for any of the uh, large, uh, automobile companies, and you take your car and to be worked on, do not tell them what you do for a living because you might not make it out. <laughs> yeah. Again, great, great products and stuff. But, you know, a lot of the times uh, when you get these expensive car repairs, it is because of the location of components and how, how they're hard to get to and, 
you know, mechanics normally got big hands and arms. They and- build the car to for the ease of the production line. They don't build the car for the ease of repairing the car after the car's produced. That's a good, that's a good, uh, good point with that. So, um, but I think, you know, these electrical components, I think starters last a lot longer in cars. I mean, in cars 30 years ago, you may put a starter in a car every couple of years and they would grind and make noise. And we don't really run into that problem anymore. You don't hear them grinding anymore. Just if you get in there and you got the radio and everything else and you hit the key and you hear one big loud click, you probably got a starter out. Yeah. So, um, and, and to be honest, in and I know you're not is in the shop day to day and stuff. We're starting to see back to that three to four year range uh, pretty consistently now. So we had a 2018 uh, uh, pickup truck in uh, yesterday in one of the stores and and needed a starter. Um, had had sixty thousand miles on it. So yep. now those are good points. So uh, so. Yeah, the starting and charging system, the battery, um, if you let a battery go too long, it puts extra stress on those other components yep. also. So changing your battery a little more often uh, before it com- goes comp- uh, totally out. When some shop says, hey, your car is four years, five years old and says, hey, you probably would replace the battery and you go, it starts fine. It works fine. It's putting extra stress, extra pressure. And a battery in your car is just like the remote control for your TV that has four AA batteries in it. If one of the AA's goes out, the battery won't the battery won't work and the car won't start. Same way as your remote control. So that's a little bit about this segment uh, about the starting and charging system. Mike and Tony Tadich, independent shop owners in northern Indiana from the glove box. Hey, this is uh, father and son team, Mike and Tony Tadich. Uh, just want to thank you for hanging out with us again today. So you got anything to wrap up, Tony? It's uh, uh, shutting the glove box time. So we'll see you next time on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Make sure you're here for our next one. Have a question for Mike and Tony? Call it in at 888-201-0858. This podcast is brought to you by TMT Automotive and Momentum Drives Marketing.